travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Live from Hua Hin, it's episode 38, Three Nights in Hua Hin. This is Trevor Ranges uh, recording here live yeah. in Hua Hin. With Scott Coates, yeah. And we uh, got ourselves down here. We thought, while we're here, why don't we do an episode, Three Nights in Hua Hin, to share uh, our impressions about the area and whatnot with everyone. Hua Hin, uh, for those that don't know, is about 200 kilometers south of Bangkok, and it's a different kind of beach destination. It's been favored by Thai kings for more than a century, and the area has never grown too much or turned into a beach party destination. It's traditionally a place where Thai families come to escape for the weekend, enjoy the beach together, have some seafood, and some wholesome fun. But essentially, the, the larger area is like 20 kilometers or so of long, beautiful beaches along the coast with condos dotted here and there. And in the last decade, things have gone up quite uh, upmarket quite considerably for well-heeled, younger ties. They're opening trendy shops, restaurants, boutique resorts. But for those wanting a quiet, relaxing, different Thai beach holiday, uh, Hua Hin is a pretty solid bet. And today we're going to share our favorite things to do if you have three nights in Hua Hin. Right, Trevor? Yeah, you know, it's definitely more of a, a family-friendly destination. Mm. Uh, most of the foreigners who you see walking around here are doing so with kids. Yeah, um, That's not to say that, you know, some single men here in the area couldn't find some raucous nightlife. There's a, there's a little soy that you can get a little bit crazy on. Or but, single females, for that matter. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, but for the most part, yeah, it, it's a little bit more tame. It's a little bit more about relaxing and, and doing some more low-key activities. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we get too much further, why don't you tell us a little bit about our sponsor today, Beer Vanna. Oh, our sponsor today is Beer Vanna, Asia's premier craft beer importer and distributor, bringing us tasty American ales and other craft beers from around the world. Now distributing to well over 300 venues in Thailand, along with a few outlets in Vietnam, Beervana is set to expand into Indonesia. Wow, thanks. I love beer and I like the people at Beervana. And thank you for sponsoring uh, this episode. So Hua Hin, like in my mind, is much bigger than Hua Hin. I know that there's the area of Cha'am to the north, there's Pranbury to the south. And maybe I'm incorrect, but when I think Hua Hin, I just kind of think of the whole stretch Really, I'm more of the like Hua Hin is just Hua Hin, like where mm. the, the Hilton and the Sofitel is. And, and we're down here in Takiab Beach, which yeah. is just south of Hua Hin, which is technically part of Hua Hin. Yeah. Um, but I always thought of Cha'am as a, a separate kind of more yeah. quiet version of, even though Hua Hin's pretty quiet, like Cha'am's a little bit more chilled out, um, a little bit more seafood focused, maybe. Um, but yeah, the, the greater Hua Hin area is, is really starting to expand and grow a bit into some of these uh, peripheral regions. Yeah, and there's there's really is a bit of everything for people here. I mean, there's long, quiet beaches, like five, six kilometer long beaches. There's all kinds of golf courses. There's all kinds of uh, markets for food and upmarket restaurants and kite surfing. And I mean, so there's there really is a little bit of everything. I mean, the one thing that always gets me is the, the water isn't that tropical 
aqua blue color that foreigners come to associate with with this part of the world it's a bit choppy and it's kind of a darker green sort of water and there's sometimes even jellyfish but but it is still a nice place for a dip overall yeah i mean the water here is relatively clean i'd say we're just you know south of bangkok a little ways but the coastline here is so shallow i think that's why the water here is green um the tides uh come up right up to the to the concrete break walls where yeah, the yeah. condos and the hotels are um but during the low tide you know there's a nice beach that you can walk on and and there's little sandy stretches here and there um but you know like i, I don't think a lot of people come here to actually swim in the sea save the people who are doing the, the kiteboarding now there are some jet skis and and the banana boating and the like for for some water sports but uh it's not like you know Kosamui or, or Patia or where there's jet skis everywhere um it, it is pretty quiet even you know out in the water yeah yeah and so maybe we'll start with activities here and you just did touch on the water sports there's not a ton of the motorized stuff the odd jet ski going by the odd banana boat but it, but it's not that that busy but uh something that you can see here or a little south sometimes is kite surfing i mean it's really taken off and all along this coast you'll see people doing it i was jogging the other night in the beach and counted 26 of them in the sky so there's all kinds of operators i think that rent equipment and you can take courses and we were talking to one of your friends the other night that does it and he said you know you can get a quick handle on it and say three days of lessons but he said really a week if you take a week and apply yourself that you can you can do it pretty well by then yeah and if you're just like walking down the street or walking down the beach in Hua Hin they have operators set up on the sand and and they'll let you take a little trial on the sand holding a, oh, yeah? a training kite ah. so you can just kind of get a feel for it or not and then you'll ah. be like hey you know the training kites are a little bit smaller you'll learn how to steer it a little bit oh, um, cool. and then and then you can give yourself you know 15 30 minutes in the water and i bet on that that first go you might get discouraged a bit wiping out uh, yeah. you know and you're gonna get tired out but you know you're here at the beach to have some fun so why not give it a whirl yeah i've always threatened to do it it, it looks fantastic and this is a world-class place for it now i know water parks have been popping up all around here and you have some first-hand experience right yeah we we came down here last year and, and we tried the new vana nava water park um, there's four or five other ones, uh, but the Vana Nava is the newest one. And it's pretty cool because they have the, the best water slides. They have, you know, some of the, the latest, newest water slide technology, if you will. Um, but they also have a flow rider, you know, the, the simulated surfing machine. Uh-huh. They have a big climbing wall. They have a ropes course. Oh, wow. Um, it's a pretty fun day. I mean, especially if you're not like an ocean person per se and you don't want to spend all your day in a swimming pool. Like, yeah. it's good family fun. It's good couples fun. The, the flow rider. You can do just the flow rider without having to do the the whole water park package flow rider is like a surf simulation right yeah because it's like a thousand baht like 35 dollars to, to go into the water park itself but you can just ride the flow rider for a little bit less than that i think yeah and then staying on water that uh, just outside of town near black mountain there's a wakeboard park so it's a cable operated system that can pull riders at 30 kilometers an hour and can accommodate up to eight wakeboarders at a time and apparently it's like an 800 meter long track with jumps and sliders so if you want to get out and try that too you can just go inland a little bit and give that a go yeah so there's definitely a lot of options uh for for getting wet and wild here at the beach yeah yeah and Uh, we're not talking about any of the bars at night either no uh up at black mountain though they also have a golf course up there there's quite a few i think there's at least six different golf courses in in the immediate huahin region yeah um let's say within 30 minutes of, of your hotel uh, the first golf course in Thailand, the Royal Hua Hin, was opened back in 1924. Wow. And, and that's still a pretty popular golf course. 
Um, but there's a bunch of different courses for that are you know international standard and yeah. and a bit cheaper probably than what most people are paying back in the states. Yeah, and I mean it's easy to book your own tea times and get out there yourself. But if you're just having a quick trip, there's a lot of companies too that take care of the whole thing. So you tell them I want to golf here, here, and here on these days. They'll make the tea times. They'll book you the clubs. They'll come pick you up in a van, send you there, bring you back. Like it's definitely a, a real uh, solid option if you want to golf and have beach in your holiday. I know. Yeah, you know something we did yesterday when we drove up that way past some of the golf courses? We went up to the Huajin Hills Vineyard. Right, tell um, me about that. Yeah, and actually, uh, it, I think it was back in the in the 1980s maybe that the, the King's Royal Projects initiated the first uh, grape fields for growing oh. wine and in the Huajin region. Right. Um, so the Huajin Vineyard uh, does tours now, so you can go up there. Uh, it's 272 rye of land, and, and I don't expect our listeners to know what a rye is. I think there's three rye to one acre. Okay, roughly. so then that's 90 acres mm. of, of vineyards. Um, but they have uh, Jeeps that can drive you around with a guide who can explain the history, and, and you could stop. They have an experimental greenhouse there, and they let you eat some of the grapes. Um, you can also uh, borrow some mountain bikes. Uh, I mean, you have to pay for, for the tours, right? Yeah. But you can you can get mountain bikes from them, and you can explore the vineyards on your own on mountain bikes. Or they even have elephants. So if you've never ridden an elephant, huh. um, a great way to, to see some vineyards and, and drink some tasty wine is atop an elephant, I, I imagine. Nice. That's cool. I have not been there, but... Uh... Yeah, that sounds like a, yeah. a great place but, to go. But they have a really good restaurant there. And, uh, you know, you can do wine tastings. You can do, like, wine pairings with tapas. Or, or you can just go up there and eat. Uh, so I think that's a pretty cool day trip option. Neat, neat. Well, the next uh, couple of things we'll suggest here are kind of the old, old style and, and way of Huihin. And I'm going to butcher the name of this. But uh, north of Huihin in Cha'am, you can go and see Marek Hatayawan Palace and it was built in 1923 it's entirely made of wood and was the seaside retreat of the sixth king of Thailand we're currently on the ninth king but the sixth king uh, used it up until his death in 1925 and it's a really really beautiful example of a wooden palace you can get in for about 60 baht have a nice little stroll around. Note that you need to wear long pants mm. uh, and dress properly. No beach gear as it's a, a former royal compound. It is in a, a military kind of uh, base and house there. It's a little tricky to find. Um, so it's worth having a look. And I've heard they're closed on Wednesdays. And on that note of these really nice wooden elements, or this is the Huihin uh, Railway Station. And it's super cool, huh? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We go back to that golf course. We talk about the palace here. Things really started picking up here at the beginning of the 20th century. Yeah. And, and there's still a lot of remnants of that, those old days in, in Huajin. So the railway station, I think that's one of the coolest reasons to, to take the train down here. Is yeah. just that that's your first impression is, is getting off at this old train station. It's all wood, right? It's a charming wood station. Like Yeah, it's, it's really nice. We drove past it yesterday and you definitely yeah. do the whole like rubbernecking like, ooh, you know, like train yeah. station. Yeah. Um, but also nearby, since you mentioned the, the, the One King's Palace, the, the, the current king of Thailand, he also maintains a residence here. And uh, that was built in 1928 by Rama VII, which yeah. is the seventh king of Thailand. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I mean, you can't really get in and see it, which is a bit of a shame, but it is sort of a, a focal point of Hui Hin. And I've heard there, because there's uh, always been royal palaces here is a reason Hui Hin hasn't gotten out of control. And it's called Glai Gang Won Palace. And I, apparently it means far from worries. So it's a residence of the reigning monarch. And uh, there's a few of them kind of scattered along the coast. There was one down at Pechaburi, but you'll definitely see it when you drive down the road. It's kind of a yellowish type wall. There's a few soldiers on the outside, but you can kind of glimpse from the outside 
side. And if you're going down the beach, you can't actually walk that stretch of beach. So if you're ever walking down the beach and, and you see a guard that kind of tells you don't walk any further, that's why. Yeah. Um, one other building I wanted to mention, just going back to the to the old era of Hua Hin, is the, the Sofitel Central Hua Hin Resort. Um, it's a really beautiful Victorian-style colonial hotel. Huh. Yeah. Um, and, and that was actually the stand-in for the hotel in the Killing Fields. Right, which right. Which was set That's in, it, eh? in Phnom Penh, yeah. Ah. And they have really beautiful gardens. So even if you're not staying at the Sofitel, I think it's worth uh, dropping by, doing a stroll around their gardens, walking through the verandas, maybe even having a cocktail there. I'm going to have to do that because I haven't been and I've seen the Killing Fields and I knew that they filmed part of it down here. Okay, you've, you've sold me. Um, maybe we'll talk about little day trips that you can do in and around here. And one of them is where we are right now, and that's Takiep Beach, which actually means chopsticks. And the beach actually just comes from Hua Hin. So you could go out at the Hilton, and that's the one northern far end of this beach. And it's not so nice there, but it's uh, over almost six kilometers long. So you could either go by road or just start walking south and maybe catch a ride back. But it's a really nice quiet beach super flat uh, you could even if you fancy ride a horse on the beach there's people doing that you could climb the temple at the southern end on it's a big kind of rock not quite a mountain but a good sized hill there's a boot image there with some nice little restaurants and so forth but it's fantastic at low tide i've been walking it and jogging on it every night like i love it yeah no this is definitely a I don't want to say it's a quieter version of Hua Hin, but it is a little bit quieter down here because there aren't so many restaurants and, and hotels and stuff right on the beachfront. But it's a great place to go for long beach walks, I think. Yeah. Um, one beach farther south is, is Kao Tao Beach, mm. um, which is kind of a similar vibe. Yeah, maybe even a little bit quieter. Or, Way quieter. Yeah. I, I walked and jogged most of it last night. And yeah, at the, the northern end of that beach, there's some little restaurants and stuff on the sea, but then there's no one. And then you come to a military camp where they seem to kind of have... I don't know, a base there, but I'm guessing maybe they get reward trips for the soldiers and there's people there. And then there's like nothing again. And that beach is about five and a half kilometers long. Again, very flat and, and quieter, but it's it's awesome. I mean, either, either either of these beaches for long walks and then maybe have a rest and pick up a bit of food, some, you know, grilled chicken or fish and sticky rice. And, you know, you could even take some food from a little stand in a beach mat and just sit down under the trees. There's a lot of kind of pine trees along the beach. So there's some good shade is another factor especially after noon when the, the sun's kind of behind the trees. So you can stay out of the sun too. But those are both really, really nice. And then a kind of a longer trip that uh, I did last week was fantastic, was to a national park called Samroyot, which literally means uh, 300 peaks. Mm. It's about 50 kilometers south of Hua Hin. It's one of the country's smaller parks, but it's really charming. And it's actually a marine and a mountain park, which is, is kind of quite unique to Thailand. So you have beaches, you have some hiking, you have caves, you have monkeys. And one of the main sites is Prayat Nakon Cave, which actually a picture of it is on the uh, symbol for the province here. And so you basically have to walk two kilometers over a rocky point to Lam Salah Beach. And then you have to walk a kilometer and a bit up quite a steep path to a very, very, very big cave. But man, when you go in the cave, it was like it was a Hollywood set because as we entered in, there was sunbeams coming oh, in from cool. the opening atop. And you see this beautiful Salah. Salah is like a little wooden building for offering prayers right in it. And uh, it was super cool. Wow, yeah. And I think, uh, like you were saying, it's kind of a marine park, but it's on the water, but then it's inland because of the mountains. Yeah. I think it's probably a really good place for bird watching as well. I think this area is 
pretty popular for birders. Yeah, it is. So um, that beach there is fantastic. You can take a boat around the point if you want. Um, but in addition to that hike, then you can go south to a place called Kaodang, where there's about a 30 minute climb up to a viewpoint where you see mountains and, and uh, water. And there's also some kayaking there. But then back to the birds is around the west side of the park. So you're on the west side of these limestone mountains. It's a good way to maybe on your way home, mm go down the east side and come back up around the west side because there is Thailand's uh, biggest marsh, which doesn't sound terribly exciting, but it's where birders go, apparently. Yeah. Heaps and heaps of birds, depending on season. And there's a nice little wooden walkway. It's maybe a kilometer and a half long, but at sundown, it's awesome because the sun hits the limestone mountains right on the edge of the yeah. marsh, and it's a really great photos. So you'd say this is a good place to, to rent a motorbike, maybe, to do a day trip on, or is it a bit far for that? Uh, you know, on a, a round trip from Hua Hin, you're probably talking like 140k if you're comfortable on a motorbike yes rent one it'd be a long day otherwise rent a car and uh, go down the east hit that beach see the cave maybe go to Kaodang and then come up uh, and see the marsh on the other side but that's a really nice day trip we had a, we had a great time doing it uh, the park fee unfortunately it's uh, like 200 baht for foreigners and 20 for ties um, there's no way of getting around that I tried my Thai driver's license but forget about it no yeah right. well what are you gonna do how about Gang Prachang, that's uh, northwest of Hua Hin. Yeah, did you drive up there yet? Too, yeah, I, I did have another little adventure. I have a new little motorbike, a little 110cc one, but uh, I like driving. And so I, I, it is about 90 kilometers northwest of Hua Hin. And the claim to fame is that uh, it's a national park, but it has Thailand's largest lake. So, I mean, you can take the main highways, but these days with Google Maps, it was great because I just looked for secondary roads. Yeah. And I literally was like going in between a, like a valley between two little ranges of, you can't quite call them mountains, but they're decent sized hill, almost mountains. I ended up on dirt roads at points going through huh. farmer's fields, but it gave me a real sense for that area. And basically heading west, you get very close to Myanmar and the mountains sort of slowly build and build. But I just went out, I had some lunch along the lake at a little restaurant and drove back. It was about 200 kilometers round trip, but it was a really nice day. And if you enjoy driving and you can drive motorbikes, it's a great way to do it. And if you really wanted to camp, there's an area inland called Panantung where you need a four-wheel drive, though. Apparently, the road's one way, depending oh. on time of day, because it's really rough and dirt. Yeah. But apparently, taking a tent in there, and I think you got to bring all your own food, is a good option. But if oh. you want, want a day trip, you want to get away from the beach, uh, yeah, Geng Krachan was a, a reasonably... Yeah, you know, there's pick. some interesting countryside driving up to the vineyard yesterday. It's, it's kind of nice. And if yeah. you're getting away from the city and you're down by the beach, uh, I don't know, maybe you want to spend all your time at the beach. When we get into our... Uh, three-day recommendations here uh, yeah. a lot of mine are just like uh, kick it at the beach uh, but if you're feeling a little bit more adventurous like there are some options obviously someone has to so why don't we slide into some eating and drinking uh, recommendations trevor why don't you lead us off here all right well you know you know we've just been doing some random eating here and there we're trying to find some seafood obviously seafood is famous uh, here along the beach um, you know, right downtown in Hua Hin, there's a number of uh, restaurants on, on stilts, on piers, yeah. um, where you can get some fresh seafood. Uh, reportedly, one of the better ones is Mikaruna, mm. which is one of the ones right along the piers there in, in Hua Hin town. Um, maybe it's a little bit pricey because you're in a touristy area. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, for the experience, sitting up above the water and getting some fresh seafood uh, and a seaside atmosphere is, is a pretty good bet. Yeah, it's solid. Um, I know the other night we uh, needed some Guinness and we found a good little pub. It's a new one called Father Ted's and uh, 
decent Western food, good pints of beer. I've also heard if you need a Western fix at a place called Buffalo Bills, right in the thick of it at Houlihan, it gets uh, good reviews from expats for Western food if you're in need. And I know that I have fallen victim to the late night Bintabat Burger. And Bintabat is a street right near the Hilton where there's the congregation of go-go bars and there's somebody there that's gotten very smart has a little motorbike cart and knows that westerners like their burger so for about 145 baht you can get a fully loaded burger with egg cheese bacon and, and it was pretty decent from about 9 p.m yeah otherwise like what we've been doing for food is just finding local spots you know yeah um if you if you're not i don't need seafood you know you just want to get some thai food uh, most regular thai places are still going to have some sort of crab dish on the menu yeah yeah like that like the crab curry with the egg that's, sure. that's quite nice Gingali, yeah nice yellow curry so yeah i mean there's lots of little places you can't go too far wrong and 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 the markets are great for eating too some of the markets yeah. you know you'll get pretty much every conceivable thing on a stick a piece of squid a piece of pork and can just nibble your way through and yeah i like eating at the night markets if you're going to go to a night market even the cicada market here in takia yeah. beach yeah um, they have a great little food court area it's very nice yeah and you can buy just, just get small plates of different types of thai food and yeah. thai food's really cheap and and these markets are, are for thai people predominantly yeah so they're priced accordingly as well yeah now what about drinking i know that you found us a place that was pretty cool Oh, yeah. We, we ended up going to uh, the Sound Library, yeah, uh, which is run by a, a guy named Pook, a Thai guy named Pook, who's yeah. got dreadlocks down to his feet. Yeah. Um, and, and he's in a band called The Sticky Rice. That's one of the best reggae bands I've seen in, in years. Um, so his little bar called the Sound Library uh, is pretty cool. He's, he apparently serves up some steaks, but we didn't get a chance to. What night was steak night again? I can't remember, but Wednesday he, or Thursday he night. He has, like, out in the sidewalk, quite a good little looking cooking set but but somehow i don't mean in a bad way but like a a reggae kind of bar with a guy with dreadlocks didn't look like a steak place but he says they're famous for him and everyone's come so i gotta go for a steak yeah you'd think he was a vegetarian right yeah but uh yeah cool little bar there um otherwise you know right downtown in hua hin uh by the Hilton there. The Hilton has a, a, a quote-unquote brew pub. Yeah. Um, they never really used to make the beer on premise. I'm not sure that they still do. Know. I've heard mixed reviews of the beer, but it's a nice little spot to uh, people watch and have a drink. Yeah, and there's a bunch of like pubs and bars and restaurants right in, in stumbling distance sure. around there. Yeah, and um, back to that Bintabot Street, which is just right there. Is, you know, this, that street and the streets off it tend to be the, the party zone congregation. Keep in mind, there's a lot of like girl-type bars, so you got to make sure you're okay being around that kind of environment but you can definitely you know have some drinks listen to music shoot some pool in that area too yeah otherwise segueing into to shopping yeah um night markets usually have little like bar restaurants sure uh, the cicada market there on friday and saturday they have live music and in, in yeah. this little grassy area and they have all sorts of different types of cocktails they have uh little theater shows they have kind yeah. of street performers like buskers and uh, in Thailand, they have little pop-up bars all over the place. So, yeah. you know, you can get some kanom, some Thai snacks, and, and have some beers or some cider. They make some cider down here. That, oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I don't remember the name of the brand. Oh, I saw people with those bottles. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, they're right? selling different ciders. And ah, uh, right. it's pretty tasty. And they're like $1.50, like 45 baht a bottle. So oh, you have to try that. Priced. Yeah, that's Cicada Market. We'll slide into shopping here where I wouldn't say you should come to the beach to shop. But there are some kind of neat things. Cicada Market is uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights and it's it's a really creative take on the market man it's really 
clean, beautiful, great eating section that they've kind of recreated the, the street side carts. And like you said, there's a little theater, neat markets for sale. Um, you also have outside of town, the walking street market and Huihin floating market about 10 K Southwest, but those are really, really touristy. Um, the big one that everyone sees is the Huihin night bazaar and it's between soy 70 and 72. And they basically close down the street every night. So there's all kinds of seafood and knickknacks and things for sale. Couples seem to buy matching t-shirts is the thing. Very popular here yeah now there's another couple cool street markets and areas you know about right yeah the one uh, there's a night market on, on Chop Chai Street that's open from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. daily and that's the one that always reminds me of all the food on a stick oh yeah um, so if you just want to you know do some knickknack shopping I think that's a pretty good one um, the other one which is just a little north of town near the, the King's Palace is called Plurn Wan and, mm. and that's more of like a it's a retro 1950s Hua Hin themed uh, courtyard complex. Neat. Um, but they got little, I think there's a donut shop. I'm going to go there and hit up, get some donuts uh, oh, yeah? this morning. Yeah, they make their own donuts. Huh. Really good. Little cafes. Uh, and then, you know, 50s themed restaurants and, and shops. And, and, and it's just, it's a cool little place to, to go and, and take selfies, I guess. Yeah, you've piqued <laughs> my interest. I'm definitely going to have to go check that one out. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about places to stay? I mean, there's heaps of places to stay here, but um, one of them that's really famous is uh, Shiva Som. And Shiva Som is a, is a Thai brand. And it's been around for probably a couple decades now, at least. And it's uh, a world-class health and wellness retreat. I know that some celebrities end up there. It's right on the beach here uh, between Takiep and Huihen. But I, if you need some, you know, R&R &R and to get your body and mind sorted, I know that's a great place to do it. Yeah, if you're, it doesn't matter if you're somebody or nobody, if you can afford yeah. it, it's pricey. But they are high on privacy and they are high on personalized service. Yeah. So your entire stay will be planned, like the food you're going to eat and, yeah. and your daily schedule, what type of therapies, treatments you need at the spas. They're all going to customize that based on, on what your needs are. And uh, aside from the fact that they don't serve coffee, I, I think. They don't? No, they don't. Not even decaf. Uh, Come so, on. No. So, but otherwise, I think uh, if you can afford it, Shiva Selm's a top option for spas, certainly, if you want to go and get some spa yeah. And then there's all kinds of service departments up and down the coast. There's a popular Thai developer called Sansari, which has a lot of good little condos for, for rent. Then there's the big international brands like the Hyatt, the Intercontinental. Marriott, Amari, Ibis. And then the, the kind of big trendy one now is lots of well-heeled ties have opened funky little boutique resorts. So you could look online and find no end of like really funky, highly personalized options. And you could even get a $10 a night kind of backpacker place too, huh? Yeah, you know, there there definitely still are right there in downtown Hua Hin some cheaper accommodations yeah. to stay in. I've always been a fan of the Fule guest house. Um, it's right on the pier. Like in that downtown area, there's a bunch of piers where there's mostly restaurants and right. bars. Yeah. But Fule guest house actually offers rooms out on the pier above the water so you oh, can hear God. the water washing underneath you when you yeah. sleep. And I think they have rooms for just like $20, $30 a night. Really? Yeah, it's huh. a pretty good deal. And we forgot one, the Anantara. It's kind of one of their original properties of this Thai brand that's grown really big. It's yeah, a it's a, a Thai brand that we were both friends with people who yeah. have worked for Anantara. And I like the Anantara here. Uh, as well as south in Pranbury, there's uh, Alinta. And, and I've really yeah. come to like the Alinta properties and a couple of Evison resorts. Uh, there's a, yeah. The Six Sense is a little bit nicer yeah. than, the, than the older Evison there. Yeah. Um, but I prefer the Anantara and the Alinta myself. Yeah. So any of these, they're on real long, long beaches. They're all pretty nice. Uh, there's lots of accommodation. And there's spa resorts as well. Because yeah. a lot of people come down here um, to relax and get the spa treatments. And Thailand's famous for massage and spa. So, yeah. Uh, 
Well, let's talk about getting here and getting back because I know there's all kinds of ways to do it. And uh, the, everything you read will say it's two and a half hours in a car. But I think it's two and a half hours in a car in the middle of the night when there's no one on the road, right? Yeah, if you leave at like 3 a.m., you could probably get here in two and a half hours. But uh, okay. otherwise, yeah, it's going to take you a while. And it depends on the traffic uh, on both ends, especially if you're coming down here on the weekend because it, it is such a big weekend getaway. Um, at the same time, you're like, oh, well, we can just jump on the train and mm. you don't have to worry about the traffic. But the train is actually the slowest way to go. Yeah, I took it down here and, you know, it was four hours and 45 minutes. Think five hours. But, you know, the nice thing is I can actually read on a train and, and mm. read a book and you see nice scenery. So coming down from Bangkok, it's good. But going back is the trains mostly leave in the middle of the night. There are a couple afternoon trains, but that's a good option. It's like $5 US to do it. Um, one of the quickest ways are little mini buses, um, and they leave from Victory Monument. Yeah. There's a BTS there in Bangkok, and they'll make the journey in, say, three and a half hours, depending on traffic. The only thing for me is there's nice vans and there's crappy vans. You never know who you're going to get packed in with. Yeah, you told us about that option. There's a there's a new bus service from mm. Suwanapum Airport. Yeah. So I guess if you can take the airport rail link out to the airport yeah. and get on one of these buses. But at that point, I would almost say, like, why don't you just rent a car from the airport and, and drive a car down here? Yeah. Um, only if you're going to do some exploring. If you want to go out to the vineyards or you yeah. want to go out to Khao Sam Royat, um, I'd almost... Well, you could rent a car from here as well. You could. Um, you know, that's one thing that we... Just to jump in on the transport is that as things are so stretched out north to south along this coast is, yeah, you can catch the little song towels, these little trucks that shuttle you up and back between town, but it's a nice place to have wheels. So if you're going to yeah. stay for a while, like having a car or a motorbike, if you're comfortable, having your own wheels is 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 a pretty good thing to have. Um, that bus you were talking about, though, back to that, I'm actually going to try it going back. And yeah, it, it uh, looks like a 24 seat nice aircon coach it goes directly no stops to Sawanapum airport and then i'm going to do that i'm going to catch the airport uh, train back towards my house so that's another option that exists yeah um otherwise like uh you can't fly really down from bangkok to to Hohen. no um as of yet there's probably some small airport if you have your own plane or there is an airport here and yeah. and there were flights and but apparently as of January 2016, there's no flights, but we've heard that they're going to start flying from Pattaya, huh. which is a couple hours from Bangkok, but just kind of on the east side of the top of the Gulf over to Hua Hin, because to drive that would be like six hours, but you could bomb across probably in like 30 minutes. Yeah, that would be a cool little route. Uh, yeah. you, you, you find yourself in Pattaya and you're like, God, this isn't what I was looking for. And you yeah. can jump on a plane and escape to Hua Hin. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into it and uh, let's give our recommendations for how to spend three nights in Hua Hin. Sure. Um, I say day one, I mean, get some seafood on the beach for a late lunch right away and then take a long sundown walk on Hua Hin Takiep Beach. Um, it's just gorgeous. Sun goes down and then go to Cicada Market uh, for dinner, you know, assuming that it's a Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Um, really good food. Buy some stuff. Listen to some music. You? Yeah, I would say it really depends on what time you're going to get down here. Like if, if you True. can leave early enough so that you're here Friday afternoon and you can get some some fun in the water, I'd say, you know, either go down to the beach, you know, depending on the tide, do some swimming, maybe yeah. try your hand at some kiteboarding. If you got a little extra time, why not go to the water slide park right off yeah. the bat or at least just try out the flow rider. Um, but I definitely recommend if it's Friday night, um, you go down to the Chiquita Market because uh, it's pretty cool. They have live music, they have food, they have shopping. You can pretty much get everything you need on your first night in, in one location without having to waste too much time. Yeah. Well, day two, I'm going to uh, say you rent a car and you take a trip south to Samroyat National Park. Uh, where we talked about do the little hike to the Praia Nakon Cave, 
have a swim at Lam Salah Beach there. Um, grab some food. Either there's a little restaurant at Lam Salah Beach or at the parking lot just around the point. Uh, then drive past uh, Kaodang. If you have more energy, you could do the hike there. But on the way up on the west side, go to Tung Samroyat, that big marsh. Uh, check out Sundown. Then have some evening drinks at uh, Sound Library. You got to see that guy's long, super long uh, dreadlocks. And then stroll Inner Hua Hin, uh, the streets uh, we talked about. Maybe have a late night burger. Yep. Um, I'm going with the more relaxing plan for this weekend i'd yeah. say you know take a big long walk on one of the beaches right. uh, if you're staying in takiab maybe you want to walk down to the end of the to the beach here where they have the big standing buddha right you can walk up to the top of the hill there there's some restaurants with a little view of the the surrounding area um, if you're up in Huahin, maybe try your hand at kiteboarding uh, or in the afternoon spending a couple hours at the spa yeah um, and then in the evening i'd say get some seafood down there at the waterfront uh, and then go check out one of the other night markets Okay, that brings us to day three. I'm going to say relax by the pool for at least three, four hours. Take the whole morning and just sit by your pool. Most hotels, condos have really nice ones. So enjoy that. Uh, maybe a little stroll on the beach and then see a, a wee bit of history. I'm going to try and say this again. Visit the Marakatayawan Palace and the Huihin Rail Station for a little bit of taste of old Huihin. And then uh, enjoy a sundown walk on uh, Kaltao Beach. Okay. Um, I'm sticking with the keep it easy and simple, uh, yep. you know, go down to the beach, uh, take a stroll. I, I definitely don't mind going to check out the railway station, maybe yeah. in the afternoon or the Sofitel, the old Victorian uh, hotel there. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, one of the cool things I like in Thailand is that there's a lot of places where you can get a massage on the beach. Yeah. yeah like yeah. not necessarily right on the sand, although in many places you can on the sand, but they set up like a little shady sala yeah. right beside the beach and, and get a massage there on the beach. Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, if you're going to go up to the vineyards, I say the best time to do that is, is around 4 p.m. It takes an hour to get up there, so maybe okay. leave, leave at 3, 3.30. Ah. Um, it gets pretty busy there on the weekend, but but around 4 p.m. it quiets down, and, and it's a really beautiful place to enjoy the sunset. Cool. So you can do a little afternoon tour on the bicycles or the elephant or whatever, and then do a wine tasting and enjoy the sunset from up there at the vineyards. That's nice. I, I've got to do that one. Uh, day four, assuming you're going to be traveling later in the day. I say, you know, either just spend the morning by the pool on, and on the beach playing in the water or squeeze in an early morning round of golf and then head back uh, to Bangkok and onwards. Yeah, my day four is just kick it. You know, this is your last day at the beach. I got up this morning, went straight into the ocean. Mm. Um, try and enjoy just being at the beach those last couple of hours. If you're driving back to Bangkok on your own, you rented a car at the airport, like I said, you might be able to. Um, the outlet stores, there's a bunch of outlet stores. Oh, right, right. Um, even Thai brands have the outlets yeah. here. So you can get some really good deals on some nice uh, clothing. Um, also, the Plernwan Market, which is just, yeah. just north of town. We're going to stop there on the way back uh, here in a little bit. Very cool. Well, um, man, we've clocked uh, over a half hour already talking about Hua Hin. And, you know, I've been here a good number of times over the years. Uh, this time I'm now on my 12th night here and I've really gotten a better appreciation for it. You know, it's if you come, if you're a foreigner from overseas wanting like the super, super tropical beach, in some ways, it's not that because it, it doesn't look super exotic. It's just a long stretch of beach. The water is a bit darker. That said, for a place to really wind down and relax, this is a pretty nice place. It's, it's not noisy. You've got a beautiful beach to have long, long walks on. There's some quirky markets. There's some nice restaurants. It takes a little while to get into here, I find. 
Yeah, you know, like you said, it's not like wild and crazy beach party. It's definitely for, you know, the older kind of crowd that that bring their own kids, perhaps. Mm. Um, But it is a good place to unwind. So, you know, I I know people do travel to Thailand for like medical tourism or something like that. Maybe you went to Bangkok and and you had some like knee surgery or hip replacement surgery. I don't know what. But this would probably be a great way place to come like post-op for, you know, a week of R&R to recover after that. Yeah, it would. So, I mean, I've definitely enjoyed uh, my visit here. I think it's it's worth it. I would only say if you're coming here and you got one beach and you've never been to Southeast Asia, it probably isn't the first obvious choice. But yeah, for something quieter, maybe a, a, an alternative on your regular beach, I think Hua Hin's a pretty solid option. A ni- nice little town and area. Yep. Good times. Cool. Well, uh, we'll wrap it up here in two weeks. We'll have another episode for you. So this is Scott Coates Say thank you for listening. This is Trevor Ranges reporting from Hua Hin, Thailand, and we'll see you all in two weeks with another exciting episode. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall in Kortong and Kevin?